You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Welcome to today's free podcast, courtesy of CRTV, because without them, it would not be free. But they are paying the freight for us to do this, so it is free for you. Thanks for subscribing here on iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Share the link to subscribe with everybody you know. Also, write us a positive review if you like us. Now, if you don't like us, we would never tell anybody to lie. We would ask, though, that you just don't say anything. Just politely go away and don't say anything at all, because it would hurt us. And you don't want to do that. Do you really want to hurt me? Yes, boy, George, you do. So let's just move on. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We just wrapped up. Todd and Aaron are here along for the ride. Gentlemen, we just wrapped up today's television show. Should we give people a little taste of what's to come today at CRTV.com? Todd. Well, caption this as a reminder that technically speaking all baptized males in the catholic church are eligible to be pope (laughs) (laughs) you know when you walked out of the room after he finished the tv show he was a little concerned because like you know i don't know what catholic yeah that's exactly what i was thinking yeah yeah (laughs) no i'm serious no i know he was he was like you know he goes after i put that up there he goes i don't know what catholic tradition says about this and I hope it doesn't I didn't mean to be sacrilegious so he was he was confused he was legitimately oh, concerned about that he's a good guy but you should I also saw him when I came into work this morning <laughs> he's just wandering through the hallway by himself like laughing and I was like what's going on and he's like You'll see. Oh, it's good. Yeah, this week's caption, this photo, and more than likely it's up on our wall by the time this hits uh, your podcast uh, device, so you definitely want to check it out because it's it's classic and it's perfect for the day as well. Aaron, what stood out to you? Martin Luther said, what? Yeah, I've got my top five Martin Luther quotes, and Todd, you even laughed at a couple of them. Yeah, you well, liked them. he's, he's, um, he's a feisty little bugger. That's <laughs> Is that the Catholic version of, bless his heart? Yes. Is that what that is? Yes. (laughs) So I did assemble my top five quotes of things Martin Luther actually said or wrote, but the bonus that didn't make the list might be the best. You guys, is that was that your favorite one? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to know what those are, check them out today at CRTV.com. And yes, we did some actual serious news and analysis, including one of the most powerful pro-life testimonials you'll ever see. And we share that with you today here at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. Get your reduced subscription by using my name for the discount. You can also not just use my name for the discount for our show, but all of the shows here at CRTV, including Steven Crowder, Michelle Malkin, the brand new show that launched this week with Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. All that and more at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. We have monthly subscription options. And you can cancel during the free trial at any time during that time period. And you won't be charged anything. So CRTV.com, promo code DACE. So yesterday's podcast, we had as much fun with it as I thought we were going to. And today's actually the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. It was actually on Halloween, 1517, that 
that what'd you call him again? Ornery little bugger? Is that what you called him? Feisty little bugger. Feisty little bugger, yeah. That feisty little bugger, uh, Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses to the seminary door there at Wittenberg. So today is actually the anniversary, but on Tuesdays, we typically do Americanism 101. And this was supposed to be the very last episode. But given the reaction we got to yesterday's episode, I made a programming decision. I called an audible. We're going to put off the final episode of Americanism 101 until next week. And I check with you guys and you're okay with this, right? Yeah. Because let's get, let's get to the reaction to yesterday's show while it's hot. You know, I, I kind of felt like if we do this on Friday and it's several days after, and this could, because then you could kind of listen to these podcasts back to back, yesterday's and today's, and it's kind of like a special two-part episode, All right? So we closed last night with same bad time, same bad channel. We come back now, and, and now we have some form of resolution in the form of your commentary. Now, a lot of the comments I received were like Alec on Twitter. Uh, who tweeted to us and copied our benevolent overlords at CRTV on this, kind of him to do. So he says, hey, fascinating discussion yesterday. I learned a lot. That's why I love you guys' show and subscribe to CRTV. So I'm not going to spend the whole 30-minute podcast reading those because that's most of the reaction we received, okay? But there were some people that had some interesting intellectual reactions that that I want to share. Did you guys get any individual reaction from anybody yet? No. no. Like any of your cat like did you like lose any Catholic street cred? Like any of your people like, hey, you let those guys no, off easy last no. night? No, on Twitter one guy, uh a regular follow, Bear, some I uh, forget forgive me, Bear, it's not committed to memory your your handle, but he just said, uh, thanks for representing the faith as you did. Um so that was good. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I didn't get much uh much feedback personally, no. Okay. Let's begin then. Um, Forrest Pearson writes, I, I just so, it just so happens that as I was listening to your podcast on, on the legacy of the Reformation yesterday, I'm in the middle of reading Eric Metaxas's biography of Martin Luther right now and must admit that it helps to get out of the details of a large book and focus on the primary points of the Reformation as you guys did in your discussion. I'd like to encourage you guys to continue to have these types of conversations, not just on these kinds of topics, but other topics as well. Let's, I like the fact it was frank, it was informed, sometimes it was heated, there was disagreement, but everybody was open to hearing another viewpoint. I really think we need more things like this. Well, that's the main reason you did And oh, that's well, the main reason we did this. Outside of the specifics of the Reformation, that's yes. the main philosophical reason you did Yeah, that's, that's the main reason we did this. And just to, just to add a little bit of background, I'm, as I've watched people who I've, I have found myself on the same side with a lot over the last year or two, just trash Roy Moore. And it has nothing to do with disagreeing with him even on issues as much as just like it's a, the idea he would be in the U.S. Senate is anathema to them. And how many of them I've given open invitations to, specific invitations to. And God bless Noah Rothman for, from Commentary Magazine for fi- finally taking us up on this last week. And when we got done with that, what was one of the first things I said to you guys? I want to do more of that. We're not seriously hashing out our differences enough. I don't think the problem is 
things are divisive or too divisive. I think they're not divisive enough. Now, here's what I mean by that. The, it's nasty, but it's, not, but it's not divisive enough because it's nasty because it's all personal. Like, Roy Moore didn't just stop thinking federal courts don't make, didn't just start thinking federal courts don't make law a month ago. I am convinced that a lot of this piling on Roy Moore, I'll bet you we could trace it all back. I bet you if you looked at some of the conservative criticism of Roy Moore prior to when Steve Bannon and Seb Gorka did a rally for Judge Roy Moore and what it's been since then, does anybody want to gamble with me that the volume has increased exponentially since that time period? Anybody want to take that bet? No. I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think in, in the minds of even some of our conservative legal beagles that don't like Judge Roy Moore's way of confronting the courts, that they felt as if they couldn't go after him for that without backlash against them for looking weak against the courts until he stood on a stage with Bannon and Gorka and that gave them their, that gave them their impetus to take their shots. I believe that. And then I think there are people that just legitimately haven't really thought through what it is he's advocating like when we had the conversation with Noah Rothman. But that's what a lot of what we call divisive today is personal. Just feces flinging. Yes. You're against my tribe. You're against my, my friend, my ally. I'll give you another example that happened last week. I really like Tim Carney at the Washington Examiner. I've met him. I've interviewed him numerous times. I think he does great work. I love what he does exposing crony capitalism. Jason Johnson, who's the former Ted Cruz political director, is one of my best friends in politics. And I saw Tim Carney just go after Jason Johnson last week on something. And of course, right away, I kind of want to come to the aid of my friend. And then I realized, no, I should probably take a, let me take a deep breath. Maybe he's got a point. Maybe Jay is wrong. And Carney was losing his poop because... Jason Johnson had listed, uh, had, had itemized a list of Jeff Flake's sins against the conservative base. And J.J. is no fan of Donald Trump, by the way. But he's making the argument I made last week. Jeff Flake's not a martyr. He's a self-inflicted victim. He did this to himself. Well, apparently, there, Carney had one issue with one of the ways that... that a procedural issue. Did Flake really vote f- to keep the XMIM bank or not? Or was it a pro... pro-, pro- and, they, and, I, and, I, and I went through the, I went through the whole Twitter thread because I really respect Tim's work and JJ is a good friend of mine. And literally they were going back and forth on a procedural vote. And I thought to myself, with all due respect to Tim, of the 20 things JJ listed... You have no argument with 19, and we're going to argue procedurally what was, um, what's the spirit or the letter of this particular data point on point number 20. Why? That's what, that's what we call divisive. It's, it's personal. This is my friend. This is my ally. This is my tribe. This is my faction. And often what doesn't get discussed is actual substance. Things that are really important to people. So I want, to, I want us to do more of what we did last week with Noah Rothman 
And I'm not confident, frankly, we're going to get a lot of people willing to do this because folks should also know we have asked, I can't tell you over the years, how many people to do what Noah Rothman did last week. Why did I have to get a college student in a law school to do that show we did, what was that, seven or eight months ago? Yep. Why? Because I can't get the names you know to come and have this conversation. That's why. That's why I just decided when I wanted to have the Reformation conversation, let's just have it amongst ourselves. Everybody here knows where everybody's coming from. We have a diversity of opinion. Everybody trusts everybody. No one feels like they have to pull any punches. And it's a safe environment to say what you really think because there's trust here. So let it rip. I want us to do more of that. See, I think we're not divisive enough. It's just personal, so it's nasty. But division over things of substance that matter, like I've watched someone who I, who I have an immense amount of respect for one of the prominent Catholics at the Heritage Foundation. He's been a guest on this show numerous times. Follow his work frequently. Dude is losing it over the acknowledging the 500th anniversary of the Reformation today. Just losing it on people. And I've been following this and, and, and kind of giggling at it. Okay? But I'm cheering him on. I don't agree with him. But you know why I'm cheering them on? That's the divisiveness we need right there. That's what we need. We need more, more of that. Tell me what you really think and why. Because really, how come in the schoolyard, because in Aaron's generation, it's a no tolerance policy. All right. So in the schoolyard, when we slugged it out, what happened after that, Todd? Well, it, usually the next day we were back playing football again. Yeah, no, next day we were buddies again. We'd come to an understanding. All right, settled our differences, had it out. I want to hear more of that. Let's have it out. I don't think we have to hide from what we really believe, but we often do, and then we, we, we trade personalities and tribalism for actual debate. And what we think is divisiveness is personal, and, is personal nastiness. And I think, Todd, those are two totally different things. Yeah, the, no, I, you're, you're right. The problem is it's... It's not hiding from what they believe. They don't know what they believe all too often, Steve, but they do like their tribe. And so once they they can't just sloganeer or read from the white paper that was passed out to them, they know they're in big trouble. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I said this, I think, off the air um, a few weeks ago, um, and this, I think, has everything to do with this conversation. And on this day, people are scared. And part of it is that they don't know what they believe, but people are scared. So they're looking to tribes. They're looking to join a tribe because at least if you're wrong, you're wrong together. And at least if you're uh, right, you're right together. There is some there is some sense of safety uh, within a crowd, within a tribe. Mm hmm. But people don't need to be scared. People uh, people are trading uh, in every single way. People are trading their own liberty, their own um, freedom of thought for safety and security. That is, to, and you, what you said to me right after I said people are scared and so they're looking for tribes is that that is a total antithesis to the Christian way of life that we're called to. And I know who you're talking about on Twitter today, and I, I've I've enjoyed following along with that as well. Uh, that is that you're absolutely right that that is the kind of conversation that we need to have, the type of arguing back and forth that we need to have, just so we know where we're coming from. There, that is where true safety is come it, yep. is found. Yep. Not in just hiding behind our tribal fences and trying to fling our own poop at people who don't like us or we who we think don't like us.
Matt in Iowa, or Matt from Iowa says, um, I think you guys modeled well how these conversations can be done and with respect. I believe you guys showed there clearly can be true Christians in both of these camps. This, of course, is not the issue of the Reformation. Most Catholics believe Protestants like Steve can be Christians, but are impoverished of the blessings of the church, like the sacraments. Most Protestants believe Todd could be a Christian in spite of extra or what they view as even unbiblical teaching in the Catholic Church. And I think that's a pretty good summation of where both sides' views of the other are. Yep. So as someone who attended so as someone who attended a cath- a conservative evangelical seminary, I thought I would provide technical definitions of the five creeds of the Reformation. So maybe the distinctions or disagreements could be sharpened if there are any. Without clear distinctions, it can be hard to see the difference because of course our Catholic friends believe in the importance of faith, grace, and scripture. If you guys think it'd make good for radio, good for for good radio, you should even do buy seller hold on these. All right. So I like that idea. Let's quickly do this on his because I like the way he's worded them. Okay, Christ alone. Jesus Christ is the only savior of sinners and his atoning sacrifice is sufficient to save them. I'm buying that. Aaron. Bye. Todd. Bye. Grace alone. Our salvation is not earned in any part. It is the free gift of God from start to finish. I will buy that. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the same pattern we had yesterday. Yes. Now now this is where the disagreement will come in. Faith alone. We are forgiven our sins and counted righteous in God's sight solely by trusting in faith in Christ. I'm buying that. Aaron. Buy. Sell. Sell. Explain why for the audience. Well, I th- can you read it again? So I, I... We are, we, we are f- faith alone. We are forgiven our sins and counted righteous in God's sight solely by trusting in faith in Christ. It's the solely part. It. It, it does not mention works at all. And you mentioned yourself, Steve, the the biblical passages that talk about the, the dance, as it were, of the two and how how they bring each other to life. So I think the word solely is what I'm reacting to. I'm not trying to um, be legalistic or any, overly legalistic, but that's I, I think when, that's what I'm negotiating. If, if I came back to you with, I can only produce good works— if I have been justified by faith. And so we're, we, this is really an argument of semantics, meaning that going out, going, out and giving, uh, going out of my own volition and giving money to the poor doesn't show I have a faith in Christ. Hollywood stars and celebrities who are hedonists do that. Correct. That, that the good works we're talking about, of an altruistic premise, expecting nothing in return, Loving sacrificially like Christ, love knows no greater man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. I, I can only do that with, if I've been justified by faith. Your response to that would be what? Well, uh, there's a, the example you mentioned, but there are uh, good works of, uh, it's self, even self-sacrifice is not unique uh, to being a Christian. But, Doing it, it's like um, we've t- we, I've read fasting stories about faith and being a parent. Mm-hmm. And does having faith make you a better parent, or does being a parent ha- make you have more faith? I, I do believe it works in g- both directions. If you uh, if you have a are living a diabolical life, and you try on the goodness, the fruit of the faith before having faith, it it can open your world. To uh, to receiving that faith, it doesn't make it doesn't cheapen the power of that faith in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the faith ultimately uh, uh, is what defines good from evil. 
Um, I just don't think it's as one way of a street as the Protestant church, I think, uh, broadly speaking, ultimately comes down on in that definition. All right. Matt says, on Scripture alone, the Bible alone is the Word of God and the only infallible rule of faith and practice. I'm not sure I would have worded it exactly the way he did, but I'll buy it. Um, Aaron, what do you think? I, I didn't really have too much concern. I'll, I'll buy that. Todd, so, explain to our audience why. Because it isn't the only uh, infallible uh, rule. Um, the scripture says, uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against uh, the church. The, the three-legged stool, as it were, is uh, tradition and uh, the magisterium. And uh, there's much confusion within Protestant circles of what papal infallibility infallibility means it does not mean that the pope himself as a human person is infallible it means that when he is speaking ex cathedra from the chair of the uh, the seat of peter um on fa- matters of faith and morals is is when he is in fact um uh, can be described as such and the, i just and and the bible itself does not make that claim about itself either it actually points in the opposite direction it points in the direction of the catholic church has a pope ever been wrong generally speaking yes i mean what then and not only wrong bad i'm asking you from this so that you can answer questions evangelicals Mm -hmm. have to what you just said what is your remedy when that happens then first of all how would you know the pope is wrong well, right now we're, there's a debate in, about uh, Pope Francis right. and whether he's right or wrong or not. So the College of Cardinals is there to hold him accountable. And that not only that, the church more broadly. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, la- the laity has a, uh, a place in this as well. I mean, there's an, in, 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 there's an entire uh, system in place to, to negotiate that. Would the scriptures be an instrument of how you would know he was wrong? Oh, yes. Okay. Amen. Okay. Um, what's the remedy then? If he's wrong, what happens? What would do people do? Well, if, if the Pope is wrong, uh, it's messy. Uh, there's that that is not a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. But and this 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 is not what aboutism. It what happens if the particular denomination discerning oh. what the Bible says is wrong. I mean, we're in the same I, I exact went, I went, place. I, I went to a mega church that was wrong, and it got very messy. Yeah. And it was bad, and it split. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to depart from that because it's a legitimate Catholic-centric question to ask, well, how does a Catholic church... Yeah, my goal of this, by the way, for our listeners, I'm not putting you... I'm not cross-examining no, no, no. No, you. No, no, no. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to answer questions that my side of this debate over the last 500 years or even some cases misconceptions about these things and and so specifically as happens to catholics it was messy uh, you have situations um uh, you have schisms you you that's what's happened throughout uh, history when things really go wrong mm-hmm. when things go right 
you have a process, and, and this is what we talked about yesterday, uh, Martin Luther engaged in it as a Catholic when he hammered up the thesis. You engage in a process mm-hmm. that that begins, uh, even before that, you know, it, there's rumblings, there's groanings, there's discussions, then there's more formal discussions, then you ultimately uh, have uh, con- conclaves and councils, and you hammer this uh, stuff out. Uh, there, But... Uh, the Catholic Church, uh, it, it's a bit like turning around the Titanic. Um, this is why a lot of times people very they misunderstand the story of Galileo. Mm-hmm. Galileo w- was kind of in personality in some ways like Martin Luther. He he wanted things now. Uh, that's not how things were about to going to work when you're talking about things of an existential nature and neither Martin Luther or any particular pope quite frankly is 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 trusted enough in terms of the charisms of the spirit to just say hey i got this there's been one guy uh, that we give that level of credit to and it's the son of god jesus christ hmm. Final thing Matt uh, says, for God's glory alone, the ultimate end of all God's works in creation and redemption is his, own, is his own glory alone. I will buy that, Todd. Yeah, and there's that's the highest form of prayer. There's four, four forms of now, prayer. What but is the, the Lord's that, prayer? But it's, that, your, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you will be glorified, right? Aaron? I'm buying. Okay. So that... I think gives you, gives you, and it's more, we are laymen, all of us here, fairly informed laymen, but laymen nonetheless. So while faith alone and scripture alone are really the primary sticking points in this 500 year old debate, it goes deeper than probably we're able to articulate or, or, you know, um, highlight here, first of all, given the time, and second of all, given the level of theology and understanding that all of us have as laymen, right? So that's why our goal in having this conversation was not to win an argument, was to start one, to, to get people talking about the issues that are at play here, that essentially this debate, when it blew up, changed the full course of human history and Western civilization as we've known it. Most of the time for the better, not always. But that's the goal of our conversation. Do not take what any of us are saying here to represent our respective camps as like the final word, end all, be mm-hmm. all, that we're speaking for every, every, everybody on the side that we're on here on this divide. We are coming now and reasoning together as Americans, enjoying our free speech and our freedom of religion and throwing out there what our, our understandings are of the general issues at play. And... One more thing, because it, when you say uh, what happens when the Pope is wrong, if we if we go back over the history of the debates of the Church bef- before the Reformation and even after, I, the people often doing the baiting passionately and and doing it to the point of death. Though they, if if you looked at it, those people still agreed about more than they disagreed. They would end up, the things they disagreed about were no small things. Over time, we were, Steve, are you uh, inserting the filioque into the creed about about the uh, Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Or about, even if you want to talk about uh, papal uh, infallibility, that does not suddenly negate 
you know, you, line by line, if you go through the creed, you'd have Protestants and Catholics throughout history nodding in agreement at most of it. So I, I think it goes. It speaks to what we said about yesterday. At what point did the honest discussion go from issues to personalities? Because what to do when the Pope is wrong is not a uniquely Catholic question. It's a very human question. Let's get a couple more quick responses in here. Eric Postma, who's got a great Dutch reform name from where I grew up in West Michigan, but he's actually Catholic. And he said, he, he goes, I'd like to like to see the episode flipped at some point in the future with Todd taking the lead and offering you commentary and quali- qualifications from your point of view, which by the way, I would be fine with that. Um, I just, um, it's the Steve Day show, so it's just natural for me to lead, but and it's the Reformation Day. It was yeah, your, yeah but your I, I have absolutely no issue with that. I When I go do public speaking, I always ask, if I leave time for questions, will they take advantage of it? Because I would rather sit there and take live questioning. And the snottier, the better. Because that way, at least, I know I'm answering the things you want me to answer rather than running in mouth, my mouth for 25 minutes on something I think is interesting, yeah. but you're not interested. And because in. I okay. know that about Steve, it's why pretty much on any topic at all within the con- the parameters of the show, I have free reign to, to do that whenever I want to because Steve likes being put on point like that. There's also some other comments he makes, but for the briefness of time, I'll skip to the end here. As to your comment about uh, the church's leadership not acting like it takes its own claim seriously enough, agreed. We need to find and stay in the happy medium between burn heretic and, sure, Buddhists come pray in my cathedral. That said, we aren't really called to have faith in the men of the institution, but whether, but but rather in what is established, what it is established to protect. I sometimes wonder if the leadership so often sucks is to prevent us from worshiping the people and the structure rather than the one who established it. That is, I, I wanted to share that part because I thought that was a very interesting take on this. You, you get where, he, where he's going with oh, this. Oh, yeah, and Catholics... He's basically saying, I wonder if Providence just... Often the leadership is bad so that we can, to help us as Catholics, avoid idolizing them beyond... What they what they already this ought is what a lot of Catholics in a particular parish, despite their frustrations, they refuse to go church shopping for to find the priest that they like because they think that that's a very Protestant thing to do. You know, you're, you're not you're there because uh, of the uh, Eucharist. You're there because of the Mass. You're not because of the particular charisms of a particular person. Hattie writes, "I'm a conservative Lutheran. One of the advantages of the worship liturgy is that it is a framework to keep us focused on grace, Scripture, and Christ." It's one of the things that keep us from straying away and from our fundamental beliefs. I would guess you would probably agree with her yes. on that. Amen. Right? Okay. Um, let me see if I got time. Oh, I, my plan was to spend a lot of time on this one. And then I looked at how long it was and realized wow. I'm looking that it would shoulder. be an entire podcast unto itself. But we had a, I got a fascinating inter- email here, and he didn't leave his name. Um, but essentially, the, it's, it's an apologetic for Hinduism. And there's only one thing in here I want us to address before we get um, run out of, run out of time. One of the things he says in his email is that you both, meaning you and I, Todd, you both, you both take Jesus as your guru, and we don't. I think that's, and I think we could probably save time on this whole conversation by drawing a distinction between a guru and a savior. A guru is someone who can show you a path of enlightenment, maybe even a real path of enlightenment, can, can help you um, to fulfill your own purpose 
maximize your own talents and abilities. But it can't save you from hell. No guru can. And I think that's really, when you get to the heart of, the, and I just showed you how long, it's a long email. Oh, yes. When you get to the heart of his email, that really is the difference. Is we begin from a premise of we are deserving of hell. Why we, I mean me, Steve, and you, Todd. We're not even talking corporately because this is a relationship. As a, this is a religion as a relationship. I, needed, I need forgiveness for my sins, not just a generic mankind's fallen nature. We are deser- So from a Christian worldview, we are deserving of hell. And the only reason we will not get what we deserve is because Christ is more than a guru. He is our savior. He paid the penalty, which was death. He paid the penalty for our sins, which is why we sing that song, we'll never know how much it costs to see our sins upon that cross, right? So I think that's the difference. The difference is, in your worldview, you don't believe you need a Savior. You believe you need enlightenment. Well, we agree, in the Christian sense, we need enlightenment as well. So we have Proverbs, an entire book of wisdom, right? We, we put Jesus, that's why we used to wear those, you know, what would Jesus do for moral understanding and, and courage of conviction. But ultimately, um, what we need most of all is we need salvation from our own sins to escape torment in hell forever that we all deserve. You agree with that? Yes. So, we're, so your conversation, sir, is you want to talk gurus. We're talking saviors. That's a different conversation. Aaron, you get the last word. Man, this is it was fascinating yesterday listening to you guys because that's what I did for most of the time. I just listened to both of you go back and forth, and it was amazing to to hear some of the criticisms that can be leveled at both Protestants and Catholics are exactly the same. It's just coming from different aims. What's interesting though is that the the, the things that we are most in line with, especially the last one, solo deo, uh, soli deo, deo uh, gloria, to God alone be the glory. As so many schisms and so many sects. Uh, We see this in Calvinism versus Arminianism uh, as well within Protestantism. Uh, So many sects are just like, okay, we agree that God gets the glory. The debate is how how we go about doing that. And it seems like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of the debate. As long as we keep our focus on the person of Jesus Christ and uh, living our lives and giving God the glory, I think we are on the right track. As long as we focus on who said what or who believes what about this and that, that's when we start going down the road to something that is not... Uh, faith, but rather religiosity. Well said. Every once in a while, these millennials come up with something really good. Every once in a while. Particularly this one. Thanks for tuning in to today's free podcast. Don't forget promo code DACE over at CRTV.com. Hopefully some good stuff over there as well. Until tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.